Welcome to Career Practitioner Conversations. This podcast is presented by the National Career Development Association. Hello, everyone. I'm Melissa Venable, NCDA's Director of Professional Development, and it's my pleasure to introduce this episode, part of our Career Development Around the World series. NCDA President Dr. Lakeisha Matthews is here with Candy Ho. Dr. Ho is an educator, facilitator, and entrepreneur in Canada. Among her many current career development roles, she serves as the board chair for CEREC, a charitable organization advancing education and researching career counseling and career development with the goal of increasing the economic and social well-being of Canadians. Thank you both for taking part in today's conversation. Dr. Matthews, I'll hand it over to you. Thank you so much, Melissa. Dr. Ho, how are you? Welcome. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for traveling with me to Canada. Welcome. Absolutely. Listen, I am so grateful um, to the hospitality of my Canadian career development professionals as I traveled to CEREC to your wonderful Connexus conference um, back in January. Um, it was very cold in Ottawa, <laughs> colder than I am used to, but my goodness, the warm heart of all of the professionals there. So just thank you for allowing me to step into the space of the Canadian career development field and I'm so happy to talk with you today. Kim. let's start off, tell the audience about your work in career development. Yeah, my uh, love affair with career development started when I was a volunteer peer educator in my alma mater. I'm not going to say how long it's been, but it's some <laughs> years ago. Uh, and then, of course, when I graduated, I never left the institution because I started my career in student affairs. And, you know, very similar story with every role from um, from from new student orientation, student engagement, working in campus life, um, working in, in academic advising. It's always been, you know, those career conversations that I gravitate towards. And so, you know, the, the next jump was a faculty position at the university uh, at Kwantlen Polytechnic University teaching in the co-op program and now as an assistant professor of integrated of career and capstone learning at the University of the Fraser Valley. Um, and you already know my, about my, my role and advocacy role as the board chair of CEREC um, in not just helping people find meaningful work, but decent mm. work and compensation. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, but we all know career development, life design, and everything is connected. So I'm doing, I'm happy to be doing research studying and teaching career development and attending fabulous conferences just like the one that NCDA uh, put together in Chicago. And congratulations again. Thank you so much for that. And it's so funny to hear a colleague with my same shared experiences. I started off in residence life, orientation, academic advising, and found my way to career services because that is the conversation that I also love to have with uh, students. So it's just so interesting that we have that background in, in common. And what was also interesting in your work is you speak to some of the very same um, uh, work that we're trying to do in the United States around equity and around inclusion. And I love the fact that your role now involves sort of 
integration and and so forth. It's the same language, you know, many of the things we're trying to do here as well in the U.S. Um, When it comes to um, the Canadian labor market or career development in Canada, um, I had the opportunity to write an article for Sarah recently, and I gave my perspective on what I see the future looking like. What is your perspective on what the Canadian labor market will look like in the future and career development? Mm-hmm. First of all, on behalf of Sarek, thank you so much for, for writing an article for, for us. Um, I really love how succinctly, actually, you uh, highlighted the key contemporary issues um, from EDI, which is a big topic, but you did it phenomenally, to technology in the post-COVID world. And I think it's on the forefront these days for all of us. What does the new normal look like? So being your neighbors uh, in the North, I see a lot of commonalities. So, you know, the reprioritize you know, work has become less important, but it's still important. Um, but people are wondering how can they get more out of life? And what does that mean to integrate work in your life? You know, the blurring of the professional and, and personal, mm. um, how they can shape their, their work uh, life and integrate to the best of their ability and then bring forth ideas on how that can happen. So like, I really like the phrase that, you know, we need to find work and environments where we can be more of ourselves. The second part of that conversation, of course, is negotiating and talking with employers and organizations. Um, And, you know, if their organizations can do that, that's amazing. Sometimes the conversations don't go as well, or it's not good enough. So what power or what agency do the individuals have then um, facilitated by their their e- e- ecosystem. So thinking about a lot of that, um, and then thinking about um, in in the Canadian context as well, um, being able to recognize all forms of work, both paid and unpaid. So that's part of the definition expansion of definition of career is not just paid work, right? Um, and realizing that the value that each individual contributes to the community. So um, an example that I can think of is um, I've been really privileged to uh, work with Indigenous students um, in my community. They have a strong sense of family. So the idea of, you know, when somebody needs help in their community, they drop mm-hmm. everything to go help that person, even if they're on the way to something. So they mm-hmm. need to prioritize. So like relationships, reciprocity mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. And I often think from talking with these amazing Indigenous students, how do we do a better job recognizing that these are contributions that they they offer in an achievement-oriented, like achievement and in individual oriented society. So, you know, these are the things that don't go in their resume, the traditional mm. resume per se, but it speaks volumes to their, mm. their character and, and themselves as human beings. And I think it touches on going back to your article, you know, the great, the nuggets that you've talked about with equity, diversity, and inclusion, that sense of recognition for the people that they are. That is so, so many pieces that we can unpack there, Dr. Ho. I really love the fact that you brought up Indigenous populations. As you know, that that's a um, population that SARIC, NCDA, um, the New Zealand Career Development Association, we're all looking at that population to bring some visibility um, to um, some past, um, past uh, histories, I think things that just were atrocities, you know, frankly, wow. um, things that happened to a group of people that we don't 
even acknowledged sometimes, particularly from the American um, side of the coin. I think from the Canadian side, what I saw in uh, at Connexus is I think you all are more advanced in addressing history and what has happened there and trying to reconcile um, history. So I'm looking forward to working with your organization as well as the New Zealand organization to bring some light to that. Only recently has the United States even begun to acknowledge the unemployment rate with indigenous populations. So I'm so excited to bring more visibility there, but I love how you hit on value and making sure that people feel valued holistically, right? And um, I think that for me and the work that I do, we do that through a strengths lens and really helping people to see their strengths regardless of where they come from. Because sometimes, even if you do come from a disadvantaged background or underrepresented background, you have garnered some strengths. You have garnered some skills. There is value, even if it doesn't represent the dominant population, right? So I really love um, that lens that you gave there. Thank you for um, sharing that. And I encourage our audience to um, engage with Sarek online and view the resources and and the the, the discussion around indigenous populations, because I think that um, you all are at the forefront of that reconciliation and that work. Thank you. Music to my ears. Thank you so much for doing that. And I'm so excited for our partnership in the fall. Yes, absolutely. Um, We have the things that we kind of see as the future. And then we have those things that we know still remain challenges for people to access um, employment, for people to access gainful and meaningful um, employment. Can you speak a little uh, to um, when you talk about the Canadian labor force, whether it's students or those who are unemployed, what are the biggest challenges for the labor market in Canada right now? Yeah, I'll say from the career development professional perspective that uh, career guidance, unfortunately, is underused. So we need to do a better job helping people see the value of the work that we do. And I will um, I'll, I'll include some additional resources. But our Labor Market Information Council in uh, a couple of years ago did a, a survey and the survey um, had found that one in five, so 19 percent of Canadians, of adults uh, between the ages of 25, five to 64, um, like report having, you know, using career services in the last five years. And I took a look at the U.S. stats, mm-hmm. you double that, you have 38%. So um, we, we've we got a, a lot to do to catch up. And um, I learned that, you know, in general, when people look for career guidance, they're looking for, okay, what are the skills requirements related to the field, the roles that I want to go into, what about job vacancies in the area that I want to work at or within my local neighborhood? Um, and then what work search strategies? How do I find myself getting there? So really, it's the typical things. Um, but while I have, you know, this wonderful platform you've given me through this <laughs> podcast, um, I want to make a plea that um, channeling Dave Redekop, who is one mm-hmm. of our um, career development champion scholars uh, internationally, like he said, his Favorite quotes, um, every decision is a career decision because career development intersects with so many things. So like mental health, finance, decent work, you name it. So the lens that we develop as Mm -hmm. career development practitioners, it like, you know, I I, I don't know about you, but I, I can't unsee that everything almost always connects back to careers. So, you know, we need to be able to, to, to help people through that lens and help them see what we, what's natural to us and what's normal to us that other people need to see that it connects back to their career and life and well-being. Oh, that is just fabulous. And what, um, 
What really gets me excited is when we put our voices together, when you have countries come together, for instance, we all participated in the Global Career Development Month last year, and we can amplify the voice and promote our industry and the work that we do to help meet those job seekers who don't know about us or don't engage, you know, in our services. So, and I also think it's helpful for us to know and look at around the the world we all seem to be trying to work on engagement. We all seem to be saying, here we are, we're, tra- we, we're trained, we have uh, theories and models and all sorts of tools and resources that can help you find meaningful and gainful work, but we need people to engage in it. So it's almost like a worldwide, um, I think a worldwide challenge. And I know you talk a lot about the um, the SDGs, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that if you even look at those, um, career weaves into almost every single point, you know, on those sustainable goals. So you're so right that career touches every part of a person's life. And I was reminded at the conference this year by my colleague, Dr. David Ford, that um counseling, mental health counseling was really born out of career development and in America. And um, NCDA, in fact, is one of the founding members of ACA, the American Counseling Association. So, you know, sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit um, for who we are, you know, as as an industry. But I'm so excited that we're all around the globe because working on engagement, because when I think about people, regardless of nation, ethnicity, just people and people needing access to career development. And then I think about all of the career professionals, right, around the globe who are doing this work. It just makes me, it gets me so, so excited. So you, you've already mentioned some of the thought leaders um, in, in Canada, and you've talked a little bit about your work in higher ed. Tell us about what frameworks do you all use in Canada when it comes to either theories or models or approaches like counseling versus coaching versus career advising, what what are the uh, dominant frameworks of career development work for practitioners? Yeah, and I'll, I'll say, I'll respond to this in a very general sense, in that generally to be certified as career development practitioners, um, individuals need to have foundational knowledge uh, with respect to ethics and, you know, mo- career re- development models and, and theories. So um, I happen to wear another hat where I teach at Douglas College in the career development practitioner program and teach some of these courses. And I like to call it kind of the, the journey, the theoretical journey journey through time in career development, because we really start with going back to um, Frank Parsons, looking at training factor, and then we travel from life role theories, happenstance, um, career constructionism to more contemporary, so narrative, Mm -hmm. hope action, you name it. Um, with the idea that um, every single theory and framework you can put in your toolbox, so eclecticism, um, how you approach um, your your work, depending on the clients, depending on your organization and your own style. So all of those elements play a role and um, it's, it's different with every single scenario and you have to apply the right tools, um, right tools, combination of theories and, and framework, depending on the client circumstance. And then I love that we um, touched a little bit on uh, indigenous um, uh, indigenous populations earlier, because one trend that I'm seeing that I'm hoping to see more of actually is um, incorporating indigenous ways of knowing into career development. 
And so I'll also include in the show notes, um, the uh, uh, Michelle Pigeon's notion of the indigenous holistic mm. framework. So looking at your individual level, community, provincial, your nation and federal level, looking at your role and responsibilities um, and how it all ties together to realize the, um, you know, the el- elements mm. that we talked about earlier. So rep- reciprocity, relevance, respect, relationships. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's so multi-tiered that, mm-hmm. uh, that it needs to be um, reinforced and uh, taught and, um, you know, communicated a lot more because our clients are becoming increasingly diverse. So we need more <laughs> uh, sophisticated framework to help us explain what's, what's going on here and how can we best help them. Wow. Well, the the interesting thing is you have now echoed the same sentiments of one of our colleagues over in Egypt, who we interviewed uh, for this podcast series as well, who said that the theories are, are of course, great, but they aren't always culturally relevant to all of our clients. And we need to look at expanding them, building upon them so that they are culturally relevant. So I am just putting a call out to the career practitioners who are listening, saying, if you, you know, jump into the research, you know, bit and get involved, figure out that's what research is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be building off of ideas, right? That's when, you know, you do a dissertation, you're supposed to be building off of models and theories that have come before you. And I think that we're at a point in our industry where we really need to enhance our support of career development research um, to take us into the future, uh, to make sure that as we expand and we're reaching more people, that our lens, and I love that you use that word, the lens also serves all people and it is relevant um, for all people. And how wonderful it is that you all are starting to embrace the lens of the indigenous population and realize that they already have the tools they need that they can use to advance their careers. And you can help them use their very own culture. You do not have to come in and change their culture and change their ways to help them find success. Um, I think that that is that is just profound. And I, I think I'm going to challenge my team um, on how can we do that here at the University of Baltimore when we work with underrepresented students who are coming from limited income backgrounds and diverse backgrounds and so forth. I also loved how you talked about you have to use all the resources and tools and your students they have an excellent teacher. I mean, I, I would I would just love to be in your classroom because I think sometimes when we talk about theory, I remember back when I was in a graduate program, we were told you had to pick your theory, right? You can only pick one. You have to pick your model that you want to follow. And that's the model that you will use when you're working with your clients. But those of us who are practitioners, we know that that doesn't oh, yeah. always work, right? Academics unite. <laughs> exactly. So I love the fact that you say, hey, you need to have a toolbox of theories and models and approaches and resources to meet the needs of your client. I think that that is a great way to, tr- to train the next generation of career practitioners. You already talked a little bit about innovative trends and strategies going on in Canada. Any other innovative um, strategies that you all are using to help meet the needs, the career development needs of students and job seekers? Yeah, I um I've been thinking about advocacy lately and especially coming out of NC the NCDA conference I'm like I I you know we we must 
Um, and I, I, I've got two because I can't decide on on one. And I think both um, in Canada enhance the profile of our work in career development and really connects us as a professional community, um, as a nation, but also globally. So the first one is our um, new career development professional center, um, you know, reimagining training and looking at um, our current career development process that's aligned with, you know, things were very different three years ago. So emerging Mm -hmm. labor market needs, there is a social online learning community, so people can uh, continue to exchange uh, dialogues and um, put forth best practices. Currently, there is a um, expertise library that's being built um, on, you know, various topics that career development intersects with. And um, of course, it's got the, 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 the good stuff, right? Like the professional standards, as well as as um, our code of ethics and links to our national certification, which is a really exciting project we're moving towards. So that is um, collaborate. Uh, it's a collaborative efforts with um, the Canadian Cal- uh, Career Development Foundation, uh, Mixed Mode, and Future Skills Center. And then the second one I'll, I'll mention is, um, of course, uh, close to my heart with Sarek. We recently launched with um, one of our board members, Keikas Deskupa Kupta. Uh, media training program. So this one is um, Canadian centric, but we welcome it's a free um, online combination of online on demand training combined with office hours. So you can meet with Keika, the uh, developer and facilitators and talk about anything that's related to media training. Because it really like for me, I think about this program as the the power to our people program, right? Um, Anybody uh, within career development can and should be an advocate. So uh, we're hoping by this program, equip them with um, skills and competencies and knowledge on how to be, how to advocate for career development as CDs. Excellent. Congratulations on all of those accomplishments and everything you are working on. I, I can't wait to check them all out myself. I know we're going to put many of them in the show links because I'm sure uh, to those who are listening, they were probably trying to write these things down so that they could check them out. Uh, so we will make sure we put those all of those um, into the show links so people can follow these as they come out. And oh my goodness, just the, a tool to help people advocate, you know, because I think that's one of the things we hear. And NCDA has a government relations committee. And what we hear from people is, can you help me advocate? How do I do that in my community? You know, how do I do that in, in my state? Um, So I think that offering that kind of resu- resource is so on trend right now for where our industry is going. We're definitely, as we continue to mature um, as an ind- industry, I think one of the doors that we are being asked to walk through now is the expansion of advocacy. Um, So I am super excited about that. And my last question for you is actually about NCDA. And I have a question in here about NCDA and how how you've either utilized NCDA's resources or how you how do you find NCDA as a resource? And the reason I want to ask that question, particularly to you, is because mm-hmm. when I was at Connexus, I was talking to so many people who were like, we're so happy to be here and we're coming to NCDA too. And I was like, wow. You know, folks see both organizations of value. There's no competition here. There's this collegial atmosphere and it's it just impressed me it wowed me so you you know talk to me about NCDA and how you've engaged with our organization 
isn't it funny when people just genuinely want to work together and and see the value? Uh, for for me, I have become a regular attendee for um for the two conferences. So I will see you at San Diego next year. By the way, yeah. Uh, and and so like you know, of course, I think it goes with the, like the the conference is my my favorite part about NCDA of 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 many. Um, and um, I think you know just the the NCDA's ability to convene people from all over the world. And I am a proud member of the Global Connections Committee. Um, And, you know, talk about why career development matters and um, what people are doing in their respective countries and and roles and regions, Mm -hmm. and then coming together to say, hey, um, we've got similar challenges. So how can we work together to amplify and generate solutions? So nobody is reinventing the wheel. And what can we collectively do about it as a as a as a global profession um and ncda like your advocacy work is so inspiring um i was looking at um i think when the harris poll first came out and mm-hmm. skip niles um wrote a um i think it was a white paper on it mm-hmm. we also took a look at that and i think we referenced some of the work for Sarek um because mm-hmm. we need to do a better job again as a global community on um what career development does and really yes. articulate our or value and how can we be service, true service to our clients and communities. So we're like, I think on, on both occasions, it confirms that we are needed more than ever, but it goes back to self-advocacy. How can we do better? Yes. And then, you know, the last point I'll, I'll made was, um, was actually you, Keisha, you've made such an impression. And I think I was writing down some of the key quotes because you were emceeing the conference. And my favorite quote that you said, I think, was on day two of the conference where you said EDI is not a trend, but part of your narrative and being. And I literally I got goosebumps because I was like, that's it. That that is why we do what we do. It's not a trend. It's been here for for a long time. Using people's experience. And one more thing I'll, I'll add and pull in the show notes is I don't know if you um, remember meeting Ashley Ray Thomas, who wrote an article titled When the DEI uh, Discussion Ascends. Yes. Yes. Quoted like throughout the the article and like another favorite quote because I I copied it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is so good Um, where you were helping her um, Mm -hmm. understand when when discussion like that uh, offends, you know, others. What do we do about it? And it's the idea of when we help the BIPOC um, population process the emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. We mm-hmm. also need to help those who are privileged that don't quite understand mm-hmm. this conversation just yet process mm-hmm. their own emotions, identify the discomfort, yeah. and then talk yeah. about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that <laughs> new ideas I'm I'm walking away, even though Connexus is earlier this year. So thank you for that wisdom and thank you oh. for being such a strong advocate. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I actually already have Connexus on my calendar. Um, I won't be president of NCDA, but I just as an attendee, um, just I really loved my experience and I love the work that you all were doing. And thank you for what you shared. Um, The work NCDA is doing right now. You said you said global community. Mm-hmm. And that really has been my message throughout my, my presidency is that we are a global community of career practitioners. And part of our work 
is really making sure everyone has access to this great service. And it is an awesome and a mighty work to do. And the more we come together, the better we'll be. And I think that that is just time for it. It's time to take that to another level. And I just look forward to seeing what our organizations do um, in the future as we continue to work together and to partner um, and to share ideas and best practices. So that that really just gets me so excited. And I'm so glad you do come to the conference. And I'm so glad our folks go to your conference. And I have enjoyed uh, this conversation. Thank you so much, Dr. Ho, for taking time for the NCDA podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you. And likewise, thank you for for interviewing me and thank you everybody for listening.